Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. What a bunch of shit. Absolutely, what a bunch of shit. Oh no, you've caught us. We were talking about something else. Oh, sorry, I just swallowed an Actimel. You do? <laughs> yeah, red is brimming with, with probiotics. Oh yeah, let's let's fucking go. And I'm um, antibiotic, uh, but <laughs> we uh, still manage to be friends, and I think we can all learn. Mm, yeah, absolutely. That. So uh, that's why we are the Punk Rock Elite Podcast with me, Eddie French, and them Red Redmond. Hello, how are, how are you? Good, thank you. Good, uh, exciting episode today. Oh, was this uh, Ollie Ward? Right, of course it was Ollie Ward. Yes, I really like this chat. What a lovely guy. Absolutely lovely guy. Um, do you know what? This is probably the most emotional in the sense that it was a real roller coaster. You'll find mm-hmm. out. You'll find yeah. out what, but no uh, spoilers. No spoilers, no. Um spoil broad spoilers we'll go for. Uh Ollie um works uh as a part of he's a promoter. He makes mm-hmm. punk rock appear on stages. Uh the the new cross in in particular, but also many, many others. Um, has played in bands, talks about that kind of stuff. I mean, we had we, a great we, time chatting with him. We really talk about like the DIY aspects of punk rock in this because Absolutely. he is one of the people out there making it happen. Um, as you've said, you know, like he's working behind stage, on stage, selling tickets. He he's he's the he's the total package, and it was a real pleasure to talk to him. Absolutely. Uh, he was very, very generous with his time, generous with his uh, opinions. Uh, the most forthright individual we've had on, and I appreciate mm. that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yep, yeah, there's a few firsts for this uh, episode as well. I know mm. we're like nine episodes in or something, so we keep on having firsts, but that's exciting for us. <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, you, uh, I'm guessing that you're all right, are you, Red? I'd have, I'd have heard if you, were, if you weren't. Oh yeah, mate. Hey, I've just had an actor now. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm ready to fight. Absolutely. Well, while uh, while we listen to the episode, Red will go out, find someone to fight, fight them, <laughs> and then return for uh, afterwards. But uh, don't you worry about that, none, because um, we'll uh, we'll listen to Red uh, be a lover, not a fighter, while uh, in our chat with Ollie, and then return once they've kicked shit out of someone. So we'll uh, absolutely. So we'll see you in a moment. And the interview's starting now. So Red and I are joined by Ollie Ward. Hi, Ollie. Hi, how you doing? Good. Thank you ever so much for being here. Really, mm. really appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good, good. You doing all right? Yeah, okay, but I lost my hash. But I've already told you that. This is uh, so, this is so yeah. sad. Like, is. <laughs> yeah. I understand the pain of, of, of losing your narcotics, and this is... Uh, this is a deeply sad time for you, sir. Yeah, I bought it on Monday, so it's pretty fresh. Um, All right, Craig Davis. There's, yeah, there's still uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's still uh, there's still quite a lot left. So, yeah, bummer. Anyway, we'll yeah, from that you'll way. find it. You'll find it. Turn up. Well, yeah, we'll 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 act as some sort of a distraction for you. Um, if you could please uh, just give us a, a sort of a, a little introduction to yourself for our uh, listeners, please. Um, yeah, I'm Ollie. I live in South London. I'm a general punk rock dog's body. I've been uh, <laughs> playing in bands, different bands, um, other people's bands, my own bands since I was like 16. 
Been running shows since I was 16. Nice. Booking tours on and off, you know, sort of last 10, 15 years. And now I'm, I work uh, with Paul, one of your previous guests, um, mm-hmm. on ACA Booking. And we work for New Cross Live, where we get to do, put on shows. So I, I've i been doing Till the Wheels for about 20 years. So, um and now I do it as a job. So if you've got a band and you think you can pull <laughs> a couple of hundred people in London, come and talk to me because, uh, yeah, that's my job. <laughs> Excellent. There and, you go. Open invitation. And we, whilst we trust you, listener, dear, um, if you can pull one to 200 people, let's not let, let's not go exaggerating ourselves because that's just going to be more work for me. Um, so honesty, we appreciate. But yeah, absolutely. But if you yeah, can yeah. do that, speak to Ollie. I'll, I'll check out your stats. I'll oh, check, there yeah. you go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. know what optics we can peek at. Yeah. <laughs> is that the capacity then? Is it? Is it about 200 for your There's 350 at the New Cross Inn, but nice. you know, we put stuff on all over the country. So, you know, let's... Yeah, I mean, just depends what what it is. We pick a pick the right venue, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, that's great. So, uh, so, so you, so that's where you sort of you work out of uh, South London, New Cross Inn, and all that stuff. But um, yeah, uh, all is is that for um, Till the Wheels or all corner all corners artists that you're yeah, around like the till for? till the wheels is just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that just happens in my head and on my laptop. <laughs> All Corners Artist um, is just me and Paul. And mm-hmm. that happens in our heads and on our laptops. <laughs> um, New Cross Live is like our like day jobs that, uh, that kind of incorporate those things. I actually I spoke right. about it in an interview recently about like, someone asked me about burnout. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I get burnout and stuff, but like, it used to be I'd have like three day jobs that were completely unrelated to music stuff. And then, then I'd be like playing and running a show at the same time and like being a photographer or something Mm. or volunteering at DIY space for London, but also doing an essay at the same time. And then Mm. after the shift, go and do a crew shift somewhere and then be up in the morning to work at the bakery you know yeah. so yeah it's um yeah it's just easier now that it's all kind of un- mixed in a bit more yeah. you know yeah. it sounds like your previous life was like um you were sort of a, a toy being played with by a child it's like no they are a baker now no now they are a singer they're gonna do singing now it's just sort of- <laughs> Yeah, maybe sort of five year olds, just whatever jobs they can remember. That is what my toy is now. Yeah. <laughs> maybe my inner child is a real motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first. Yeah. <laughs> You've managed to sort of focus down to have several jobs that all pertain to the same thing. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, is quite a relief because I, you know, Red and I are uh, we're comedians. Red also runs, sort of promotes comedy as well. Yeah. Um, I uh, my my other job is um, is building people's IKEA furniture for them when they uh, when they uh, can't be bothered to. So I've oh, yet I to, I've yet to fully integrate. But... I hope you really charge them a fucking load of money for that. Oh yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I, <laughs> I, I I'm very happy with the amount I get paid for that. Um, Good. But um, but it's not quite as integrated. You know, like you say, it's sort of. <laughs> 
<laughs> sort of spend the day go right okay now i've got to get home shower and then go and be amusing in birmingham uh yeah. it's just one of those sort of whilst i've been putting up uh you know sorting out a bed for a uh, a young couple who've just bought their first house um yeah, you know taking advantage of lazy people's like really I, good money or oh, like yeah. it's a good way to earn a living oh yeah uh, well, no, I, I, buddy, there was um he was he marketed himself as a web designer but he was just doing like squarespace websites for old people <laughs> like charging them like 300 400 pounds or something you know oh no like there's this stereotype that punks are lazy but you're pretty industrious you sound pretty busy yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i i mean maybe that's like a drug thing like <laughs> maybe like punks get lumped in with junkies or whatever whatever the kind of mainstream like to junkies very busy people yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They, but they do have long periods of sitting around but, <laughs> True, uh, yeah, their yeah. downtime <laughs> is prolific as well to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah yeah well it's that it's that thing it's um you know when we've maybe touched on this before i'm not sure but there was um a period in the in the 80s when uh because certainly in the u.s the idea of punks were there was such a, a frightening sort of terrifying thing that for a decade hollywood couldn't have a street gang without some guy with a mohawk who'd just go (laughs) and then get and then get punched in the face by a a a republican Uh, that was the sort of you know that was the sort of the um bobcat goldthwaite in something like that you know is a academy um, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. yeah and uh Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There was a gang yeah, of punks yeah. in there, and there was that yeah. that really big, muscly one who was like, "It's not a look; it's a way of life." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was based on a suicidal or something. You know, that's my yeah, uh, yeah. my guess anyway. But yeah, and so I think that sort of that idea of being a sort of real. I mean, when you mentioned burnout earlier, being a sort of a, a a chemical burnout rather than someone who was just you know doing literally doing six jobs in the space yeah, of yeah. 48 hours and stuff so yeah no that's great well you know that's um that that's probably why you're able to now do that as your job because uh you know you put in the hours it's that thing isn't it yeah i like to keep busy yeah, yeah. no that's cool good um and so uh well let's do this at the top i mean um red uh yeah well you're the red's the red Red works for a, a grassroots venue. Um, uh, you work, you work for one as well. And uh, you know, uh, Red asked Paul what uh, his advice was for someone who wants to get into that kind of thing. What's yeah. yours? Um, ma, 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 ma. be mates with Paul. <laughs> I, I, I met him. I, I met him Paul's in person at Manchester Punk Festival, and he seemed amiable enough. So that yeah, seems, yeah, it's, seems yeah, like it's a, a reasonable person. He's a nice guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, no, I'd, yeah, just, I think if you're just doing your own thing and it fits in with someone else's thing, whether, the, you know, and if that <laughs> thing's like bigger or like has like more of a base and, and it clicks together, then it'll just, but you know, kind of, it's just common sense to put things together to make things bigger. Yeah. 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 So, Yeah. <clears throat> If you if you like putting on gigs, then put on gigs, put on good gigs, and you know present it to the the person who has the thing. Hmm. See if yeah. it works. 
I mean, it, it seems really silly, but like the amount of opportunities there are by, you know, hanging around after gigs, uh, talking to the organizers, talking to the promoters, talking to the people that are exit flyering the show. That, I mean, that's how I got involved with Manchester Punk Festival. Yeah. Because they were just exit flyering. Uh, I think I went to see the Bronx at Ruby Lounge and they were exit flyering that. I chatted to them. I invited them down to one of my shows. Which ones? And- uh which guys from manchester punk festival uh one of the guys i spoke to exit flying on that day was mikey wong yeah i know mikey yeah yeah yeah, mikey's great uh still still see mikey every now and then um but then obviously also uh, i met uh andy through uh that interaction as well as tree yeah um and a couple others that i don't think are working on it anymore you know Um, kieran yeah yes kieran Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah yeah Nice and I, guy. I met Kieran when he was still in school. Really? <laughs> yeah. We're from East Anglia. Right. He's cool, from like cool. East Midlands, but I'm from East Anglia. And it's about 30 miles away from each other. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm from East Midlands as well. Oh, no, that, that, that's super cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Kieran in a while, actually. I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw him when we were at Manchester Punk Festival. Great. Um, for a minute in the backstage bit. Sweet. Yeah, mm. it was nice. Did you have any uh, highlights of Manchester Punk Festival? Yeah, Great Cynics, because yes. I was in Great Cynics. Oh, cool. That's it, really. We, <laughs> like, we actually left as soon as we finished playing. Fair. Yeah, it's a really intense festival. I think if you, I think it's really great if you've been into punk for like five years or ten years maybe, because mm-hmm. you still like meeting people and stuff, but because it's like 23 years now for me i it's just like my entire life coming crashing around my head (laughs) i was actually getting texts from a few mates who were having like total panic attacks um while they were there and stuff it's sorry it's a fantastic festival i mean i i have (laughs) i when i do go i have the best time but um but it gets really intense. But also, I didn't have much money and I wasn't planning on going. So I was just like, I'm just going to be safe. I instantly regretted it. As soon as I got <laughs> in the front door, I um, was trying to find a way to get back to Manchester. Fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it, it's, a, it's a pretty unique festival. We were talking about how, like, uh, you know, it, there feels like there's a lot of festivals for younger punks like Slam Dunk and there's festivals for like older punks like Rebellion. And we were like, oh, there seems to be no festivals for us. And then we suddenly remembered, oh, Manchester Punk Festival feels a little bit more for like yeah. 30 something. That, that one that we were at. We were really <laughs> ungrateful that day. It's just <laughs> not all right at all. For my, my festival, whenever I check the um, stats on the ticket sales website, mm. yeah. it's just me. It's just like 400 <laughs> of me. And then yeah. a couple of hundred around me, pretty close sure. to me, you know. Yeah, it's interesting how like uh, you know demographics split in that way, particularly in like the punk scene. Yeah, um, and I think it's super impressive that Manchester Punk Festival have managed to, uh, I don't know, distill down uh, what works for you know uh, a great number of punks. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like because I can never quite work out. I can never quite put my finger on what makes Manchester Punk Festival so unique, special, and uh, brilliant. Um, but they're clearly doing something right. 
yeah, I think you know you've got such a great team mm. there to oh, yeah, um, yeah. kind of um, try and work out all those you know years of expertise and yeah um, pe- all that passion and stuff and trying to kind of quantify it and measure it. It's not really doable, but I mean, like from talking to those guys, they've got some really cool ways to think about things um, in terms of making sure that the certain bands are in positions where more people will see them and, um, you know, just making sure that things are being represented properly. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, I I learn a lot from them. Um, yeah, because I was joking before about how the demographic of my festival is all just me, but <laughs> the reality is it's a bit it's a bit more varied than that. And I do, yeah, yeah. Um, I do learn um, from stuff all the time. You know, yeah, interesting stuff anyway. Absolutely, it's the thing. I think that um, being sort of passionate and curious in the way that certainly the the, pe- the people who are involved in running the well, Manchester Punk Festival, um, who I spent admittedly very little time with, there seemed to be a, they, it was the Sunday that um, I was there and, and they were still as sort of keen and sort of on it as, yeah. as yeah. you'd want it, as you'd, as you'd want them to be. So uh, that's, uh, that speaks very highly, you know, when, um, if they'd have been sort of like you know just sort of dragging their feet as they walked along and not really looking anyone in the eye you'd think oh no this is going to be the last one but you know they look like they look like the sort of people to me who would sort of go well i think i'll probably have a lie-in tomorrow till maybe half past eight and then start organizing the next one it was like yeah, know, that kind yeah. of uh that kind of enthusiasm which is uh to be applauded yeah I, I get like a vibe with that festival. Like it feels like everybody kind of gets a go in that. I feel like there, I mean, there are bands that are, are, are booked um, more than others, but like overall it feels like a pretty new lineup every year. I mean, like it yeah. isn't like download where there's, you know, nine headliners that they have and they just cycle through them each year. It's slightly different. Like, I feel like you always get, a, like a brand new fresh selection of punk bands for every festival and i think that's really impressive yeah i i think like sort of every few years you might get a few of the same same faces but absolutely yeah um but yeah generally like they're yeah really good with that and like considering how many bands they have um mm. that's difficult to do absolutely and from mm. all over the world mm. yeah um yeah I'm, yeah, I'm always really impressed by like how international a festival it is. Yeah, it, it, it is really impressive, especially as like you say, when you look at the lineup of some uh, punk festivals uh, naming no rebellions, but there does seem to be a sort of a really small um, sort of, you know, the, the the top five bands are sort of always very, very similar. And uh, you yeah, know, but it's but it's uh, I mean, you know, they they do they appeal to an era. Don't oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, yeah. It, it's a leg. It's a. It's more of a legacy festival, which is, uh, which is, uh, there is an and there is absolutely a place for it. We give it a hard time because that isn't um, our <laughs> era, so that's why we yeah, make fun yeah. of it. But you <laughs> but know, it, it's totally valid. But also, um, and I guess bigger every year. They oh, yeah. they do. I mean, they've. I don't know. Bounces souls and anti flag and that is true. And, absolutely and all that lot on their descendants, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, and they have the rebellion introducing as well. So they're generally not bands I'm too familiar with, but yeah. um, I think it's really cool. They uh, they do they, all right they are, for like they're listening, you know. Um, I, I, local I think, yeah. local northern punk bands do get a, a, a fair shout at yes, them, they do. to be fair. And I so, yeah. and I think that uh, I think they've certainly shifted more in that direction. Um, yeah. Uh, of late and that is and that is absolutely to be applauded and uh and copied by anyone else who's running a, a punk festival you know to, that's the great thing about these things you can just see people go and go that's a good idea we'll do that at our one or yeah, that's yeah. a dreadful idea let's never do that at our one it's <laughs> um you know there's no intellectual property in uh, in this kind of thing you know so that's the exciting bit yeah. cool um let's uh Let's head on to uh, the sort of the, the the main subject of the punk rock elite podcast, which is No Effects. Um, do you uh, remember Ollie when you first heard No Effects? Yep, oh. it was on the first mixtape I got given. I was about twelve years old, and I had um, we threw gasoline on the fire, and now we have stumps for arms and legs. So how, yeah. how we go? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From the Punkorama Three. Um, compilation. Um, I think it might have had a song from White Trash to Eves and a Bean on it. Oh, it had Laurie Myers from Punk and Drublican on it. Oh, um, yeah, there was like three or four songs on this tape. I like mixed in with Sam I Am and AFI and old AFI, you know. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Nitro Records. Um, the yeah, so there was, yeah there, there was songs from that nitro rec that go ahead punk made my day compilation punk around oh, three yeah. um maybe one of the kung fu ones and some bits off some sam am albums and stuff okay yeah. oh that's cool so yeah. and was was that something that you sort of immediately clicked with or was it um yeah i thought i thought it was great and like yeah. my buddy gave me the tape he, his older brother lived with a singer from vanilla pod so oh, we were getting these tapes, um, like kind of passed down from from that punk house. It was just down the road mm-hmm. from our school to us in school, and then we'd make copies for other people. And then Amazing. I went to a, uh, this skate park. We used to have like the smallest skate park in Europe in Kingsland called the Mushy Pea Shed. Um, <laughs> it was like this would have been ninety seven, ninety eight, um, or maybe ninety nine. It was ninety eight. Um, and I heard like 10 foot pole and mm. not sure who else, but definitely 10 foot pole. And I was like, Oh, right. Okay. All the skateboarders and the baggy jeans guys, they listen to this like cool American rock music that I've got on this, these tapes. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I was able to start putting some names to some of these bands. And then I'd be able like use the school library to like look them up back when it was like dial up internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and then I found like the Epitaph Records website, and uh-huh. then from that I was able to like go into HMV and like find Punkorama Four and <laughs> Fat Music compilations. Like the guy in the shop was like, "Well, if you like Punkorama, you'll like the Fat Music compilations as well." And they're all like, "I can buy two with my pocket money, yeah, so yeah. I get like yeah. two of these compilation tapes." So it's like fifty songs. And mm-hmm. I knew what the bands are called and what the songs are called. And I could then go and find out and like Goober Patrol from Norwich. 
And they played yeah. in my hometown. They played at the Samaras Club. So I went and saw Goober Patrol. You know, they were all <laughs> records compilations. So it was like, oh, my, crazy days, you know? Yeah, it, it, those those comps are... And it's such a shame. I've, I've complained about this before, but, you know, I don't think those sort of studio or those um, record company samplers, those comps, don't really happen so much anymore because everything's no. online and stuff. So it really was a... People just a make a Spotify of, playlist now. Well, right? exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah or, or they just put them out on YouTube, you know. Well, uh, Fat, Fat yeah. Rick do do them like when there's like a festival or something. Um, oh, yeah. And they'll make like limited um vinyls of compilations so they're more like collector's items yeah whereas like before they were like promotional yeah um but the format still exists but just for a yeah. different reason but it's they've sort of evolved into uh it's yeah like a, a nostalgic thing rather than a, a a promotional tool which is what they were you know yeah. they, they used the no effects used to give those away at their shows and yeah this is in the u.s and then then all of those bands, if they played there, people would go, that band off that free album is on. Let's go and see them. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden there was a, a touring circuit made by um, No Effects giving away these uh, records and stuff, yeah. which is which is if, if you get them cool. in like Andy's records for like five pounds, yeah. Yeah. what's that five pounds going to? It's like probably just like for distribution, isn't it? Yeah, no, they you were they, so. sort of lost leaders or, or breaking even leaders. You know, they yeah. were... They were there specifically to you know, the the first one is free, and then the rest of it, you know, you got to, you know. But the thing is, is that there was easily if you bought one of those, you'd definitely want to buy at least two or three albums, yeah. full albums of bands off the back of that. There'd be a couple of things on there. You go, what? There's there's a reason I own an undeclinable Ambuscade album. Yeah, right. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I had seven years on one of the Punkarama ones, and it was I was like, this is this is wonderful. And I wondered why it was kind of weird. I found out they were from Holland. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. but, you know. I, I saw them at Gross Rock. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. A few years ago. Um, and yeah, that band, I had like a group of mates that were like, just so just into that. I mean, they were into like satanic surfers and mm. um, a lot of the European kind of skate punky stuff, but like, yeah, it was cool because it was like all these little groups of friends because it wasn't like something that you saw on the TV or, or was on the radio. Well, you had the Mike Davies, like lock up punk show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was on at like two in the morning. Yeah. You know, so I used to catch it on iPlayer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, we used to, I used to sometimes like record it while yeah. like get up at two and like record it on a tape and then listen to mm. it in school the next day. I was devastated um, when that got cancelled, you know. Like, I can't believe that. Yeah, I think, because I'm friends with Mike on Facebook, I think he's a bit Blue Lives Matter now. Really? He's a fireman. Okay. And, sure. I, and he posted a, he posted one of those flags. Yeah. There's American flags, but it's like blue and yeah, black. Yeah. How strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Weird, isn't it? <laughs> Things weren't quite as polarized, uh, polarized back then. Yeah. No. Hey, when did punk rock become so safe? Honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but when, it, when did punk rock start staying? Not all cops are bastards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but it's what was interesting for me was those was how these little these different friendship groups had their 
different things that they were like, this is my, like, we love this band. For example, Undeclinable Amscade mm-hmm. or the Hero Juges or whatever, oh. whatever, you know, or Viso. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it was so localized. Mm, yeah. Because we weren't like all connect. It wasn't like there was a forum. Oh, there was like internet forums, but people weren't really on them because like the internet was slow and yeah, yeah, it was still like the realm of nerds and stuff. So oh, no, the the idea of of talking about music with strangers on the internet when I was getting into this stuff was just not. It was unheard of. Yeah. I tell you what, I, just as well you lost your hash. Your recall's incredible. Well done. It's, uh... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but no, that's uh, it's great. It's um, so uh, we'll start with the the first of our our uh, questions. Um, they're, they're fairly pedestrian, but we think they're uh, they, they can lead somewhere. Do you have a favourite No Effects song, Ollie? Oh. Um, a favourite No Effects song. Oh, do you know what? Probably, and it's quite a new one. Mm. Um, six years on dope. Nice. Oh, that really, that really, choice. yeah, really hit me. It's a big return to form, isn't it? When I saw the yeah. video for that, just like Mike and Melvin, just like walking down the street, yeah. and yeah, Melvin singing it as well, and I, I liked that. That that era of no like that m- more recent era mm-hmm. of no effects the single and double album because it's so autobiographical and I think a lot of that came from them doing the book together um, oh, yeah or you know or doing it separately and then bringing it all together and mm-hmm. but like just kind of looking at you know and there's some sad stuff like that's probably brought a lot of this kind of nostalgic or you know kind of remembering stuff back like tony dying and stuff yeah um but yeah i yeah i mean i i mean that's the thing about no effects is like i love all the different eras because it's just like it's just some mates doing a thing yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah I, i i feel like like there is an overarching kind of narrative um, because, you know, they were so garbage for so long. You're really seeing a band like come from literally nothing. You're talking to two people who've just done uh, reviews of the first three of their albums uh, in quite recent memory. So you've got oh, wow. no, no, no pushback <laughs> from us on that comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Liberal animation, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm just, uh, yeah, yeah, I just thought Six Years on Dope was great and the video was great. Yeah, you just know. a selfie stick and two guys walking down the street but just beautifully done it's um it's funny i think i think the book is a sort of a turning point some people talk about albums being a turning point i think the book is for them because it was so much of a look back and i don't think that um i i think that certainly mike has developed some quite rose-tinted glasses for a period of his life where one of his friends got stabbed in the lung, which I find really impressive. You know what I mean? It's like this sort of the idea of, um, and I think he's sort of thinking about 
NoFX's sort of place in it and you know what's their what's their legacy and all that kind of thing and that's the and I think a lot of it's coming from that and you know these stories coming from I think it's very very interesting I also think is um there's something about I think like uh it's first ditch effort that uh six years on dopes on isn't it mm-hmm. oh, yeah yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. and that was his sort of coming out record because it's got transvest light on it mm-hmm. and that was when he sort of started um you know uh wearing the clothes he actually wanted to wear all this time in public i yeah. always think a coming out record there's always a, an honesty to it um yeah i mean even if I'm... they were honest performers before there's this sort of extra bit of uh, they're not holding back and and it, it becomes a bit more open i i i class uh transgender dysphoria blues as being the very same thing when someone's finally allowed to be who they are they're not yeah. holding it back and 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 yeah. i think you know that's why i consider that album to be against me you know head and shoulders above anything against me had done before and i liked against me up until then too but yeah I don't know. that's my take anyway yeah it's a cool album anyway first yeah, yeah yeah really really oh, great album that's a great choice um yeah six years on dope and i i love uh i love that um i love that people do give those later albums a uh a fair shake because anytime you know any we've been I've, I've been you know looking at a lot of no effects sort of videos and stuff like that i've been checking out some of the bits of their the first couple of dates of their um farewell tour and stuff like that and um underneath every single video there's someone going i stopped listening after white trash i stopped listening after this and oh, all this yeah. stuff and it's like <laughs> okay cool i don't why are you here then why are you yeah, here on I mean, a video from 2023 why are you looking up no effects yeah but, i mean i remember know. people saying that in the 90s oh yeah like yeah, oh yeah, yeah last yeah. good album was this uh, they're yeah. not you know and then you know nearly three decades later we're still yeah. talking about it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's yeah. people who thought that Pump Up the Valum was a step too far and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it. It's just how it is. And, um, you know, that. I mean, I'd understand when if people were saying they, they lost it at Heavy Petting Zoo, but that's just a personal, you know, there are people who love that record. It's a, it's a, different, it's a different vibe, isn't it, Heavy Petting Zoo? It is, um, yeah. I, I do wonder sort of like what the thinking behind that was. I like it. Um, I like the kind of quirkiness and the easiness. Um, it's still snotty and funny. Um, yeah. I think the songs are like, there's a lot of like hobophobic and, oh, what else is on there? There's um, Whatever Diddy Wants. Yeah. Filthy Phil Philanthropist. Yeah, yeah. Like. They're all kind of funny and snotty and, yeah. but it's just that, I remember Fat Mike saying that, he basically wrote that album all in the wrong key. He didn't realize that there was a certain key where his voice sounds better. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's like higher, like, you yeah. know, maybe a couple of tones higher or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, yeah. So it just kind of sounds a bit different, a bit weirder. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I think, I think he said that, you know, that they, they spent way too long on the album and overthought it which is why um, he only allowed himself 20 minutes to write every song on uh, So Long. Oh, right. Really? So he, he said he gave himself a 20-minute thing. He's like, I've got to, write, got to write this song in 20 minutes. I don't know if he... I think he just meant the music, not necessarily the lyrics, but I don't know. Um, again, that could have I been... found a, my hash. Oh, you found Wait. your hash. It's in my wallet. <laughs> I just suddenly thought, is my hash in my wallet? 
Amazing. Well, there you go. Panic oh, wow. over. <laughs> you, you, do you know what? I'm very impressed at how calm you kept, uh, given the circumstances. So. I was, well I'll be honest, I, I felt bad because I didn't want it to show, but I was in a shitty mood when I came on this <laughs> podcast because I couldn't oh, find no. my hash. No, I get it. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I remember the feeling uh, from a long time ago, but I remember the feeling, and it's a rotten one. I was trying not to let it show because I wanted to have, you, you know, very well. to enjoy this time with you guys. So you, <laughs> so. you, you, you could have got a BAFTA for that one, mate. Absolutely, it was, uh, it was, uh, none of that, none of that bad feeling was shining through. Well done. Okay, cool. <laughs> sure. Let's uh, let's uh, pull back a bit and let's say, uh, do you have a favourite No Effects album? We've spoken about a few. Oh, wow. It's hard, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, I've got, like, when I look, when I see the cover for White Trash, mm-hmm. it gives me, like, feelings, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, It makes me remember seeing the video for Sticking in My Eye and thinking, wow, like, what would it be like to be one of those guys in that place? Or, yeah. Like, hang out with you know there and like also because it was from like 1992 Hmm. and i'd probably first saw it in like 99 or 2000 or something and it's like they had it on m2 didn't they yeah uh, yeah yeah. so it was like wow they were doing this in like 1992 i was seven you know i just find it like i like like all of anything that's like people like me but like before i mm. find that always like really interesting like i like to feel like this is all part of a continuum of like a yeah just like alternative subculture rebellion music and stuff it's yeah. all part of a a continuing thing and we 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 come in and we do our bit we're part of a thing and then we duck out again, but the thing keeps going. And yeah. like, I just remember seeing the video of sticking in my eye and thinking like, that's kind of part of that. Um, I, I think maybe, I think maybe so long. Thanks for all the shoes is my favorite. It's the one that I go back to most. Sure. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe um, punk and drub liquor go back to quite a lot as well, mm. but mm-hmm. more so, yeah, more so some nice little shoes. But saying that, sometimes I'll put on Pump Up the Valium and just rock the fuck out to that. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I got single album on vinyl for my birthday mm. and I love it. Yeah. Um, I ended up doing a master's in ethnomusicology. So... I've got a lot of musical analysis experience behind my back. So I found that single album was the most interesting to analyze musically because you could like, I I was just finding different, like different like references and the references were like kind of on the sleeve and super interesting and like lots mm-hmm. of like heritage punk bands being referenced musically, like rudimentary mm-hmm. Peni and that first song, like the way they structured it going, um, uh, 
the things would like roll into each other rather than being like verse chorus verse chorus it was just it was it was more like a there wasn't really a yeah any kind of standard structure there was i can't remember what it was now but um like i found that like the most interesting like recently to like sort of really get stuck into but mm. in terms of going back and like getting the feeling a sunny day um not the song sunny mm. day uh but like walking around with so long high school shoes blasting in my ears on a sunny mm. day mm-hmm. like walking to see some buddies maybe a little stoned we're gonna go meet up in the pub garden or something oh a pub garden that's quiet enough that you can play your own music <laughs> and you play solo thanks to all the shoes, sitting with your buddies, drinks and beers, vibes. Yeah, fair. Yeah, nice. yeah. But no, I, I don't know if I know anyone that would let me sit down and play a whole No Effects album in front of them anymore. <laughs> People are too spoiled. You don't, because it's like, you can put things on shuffle. You can make a playlist. You yeah. like, it's really easy. Yeah. It's not like you sit down and play a record. I was in Bali just before lockdown with my partner and we were hanging out in this punk bar called twice bar. And, um, the guy that worked in there, he let me, um, just sit down and play Nostra name, making friends from start <laughs> to finish. And we got to the end of the album and I said, Eric, my man, nobody, Ever, ever, <laughs> ever would let me sit down and listen to that song in a social environment. <laughs> and he did that. And I just, wow. uh, that was a really nice feeling. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. A mild theory I have as to why vinyl is sort of bumped back into popularity again, because it's too much hassle to skip a song on vinyl. You just let it play. <laughs> so that yeah. sort of thing where, you know, you mm. would you would just you know put us you know i remember the um the novelty of having a three cd changer in my little stereo system (laughs) Mm -hmm. well 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 aren't i the boy king it's you know it's that kind of thing you know that was well but now you can just have everything you own on a thing you know palm-sized thing and just hit shuffle and on your blower everywhere so Hmm? yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah completely it's um Yeah, but that's it. I mean, that's one actually. That's one thing about do, doing the listening back through to the No Effects albums for the sort of the deep dive episodes is that you do listen to an album as they intended you to listen to it in that yeah. order and stuff like that. And it's it is a, a sort of a refreshing, but something you're sort of out of the habit of, and it's a bit concerning where my attention span has gone. Yeah, like when you don't when you go see Mona Lisa at the Louvre, you don't just look at an eye. Skip to the lips and then fuck <laughs> off. Fear. Yeah, look at the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. That's that's great. And it takes, and sometimes it does take half an hour to look at the whole thing. You yeah. know, you take yeah. it in. Yeah, soak it up, buttercup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like I like this sort of anti wimp art critic character you've got here. Hey, yeah. get back there. Keep looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you have you noticed the enigmatic smile yet? I bet you haven't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like What's it the problem, Snowflake? Are your eyes tired? It's <laughs> <laughs> the problem with Gen Z and their tired, yeah. tired eyes. Yeah, you can't yeah. paint anything anymore. Puny irises. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I think one of the things about No Effects having been 
having been a band, I mean, in your case, they were a band two years before you were born. Uh, yeah. You know, they've been, you know, um, they've they've been putting stuff out since sort of five years into the, you know, like full length albums since five years in and not really stopped for longer than four years, maybe at most. And yeah. even then when they didn't put out an album, they maybe did their TV show or they put out the book or they put out a load of seven inches or, you know, they've always had something every couple of years, a new no effects project. And it's usually yeah. been music has come out. Yeah. That means that there's tons. Even by the time you get into them, you're looking at five or six albums you could buy. Yeah, because like they go to work. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't stop. They don't sit around and I mean, you know, they're probably it's probably a nicer. I, mean, I suppose Fat Mike would describe it as like having fun. Yeah. But he gets up in the morning and or whatever I don't know, but he does mm. stuff. You know, yeah. like he's doing loads of production stuff at the moment. Um, yeah. Smelly's got his surfboard company. Um, mm. El Jefe's. Uh, an actor, mm-hmm. Melvin's doing Melvin as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all, you know, and they and they're able to do that because you know they they start started just going. Oh, maybe we'll just tour for three months a year. We don't need to. We don't need yeah. to sort of you know really really you know we're not road dogs. There are some some bands who are sort of never off the road and that's very much their sort of identity, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and they're like, no, it's all, it's all right. We don't have to do that. You know, when they got to their sort of late thirties, they sort of went, we could probably condense this and just sort of have it, you know? And I think yeah. they sort of never do more than like four days in a row or something. And, you know, but they can do that because they've amassed the, an audience that will just go, yeah, all right then. Yeah. You know. And it's, it's a bigger operation as well than just like a van and just rock up to the venue, load out, sound check. They have to accommodate a lot more people. And they yeah. and that's also because they've always got something to promote and mm-hmm. they pick their battles. Which are, yeah. you know, it's smart, isn't it? You know, there's no point in well, they did it, didn't they? They they went and played places where people didn't really know them, or they didn't really yeah. want to, like um, in the in the backstage passport series. Exactly, but what they yeah. did then was they recouped all of that by making it into a television program. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Which, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. so um, but again, it was that thing of um, you know they they wanted to do things that I think Mike's got a real thing about doing stuff that other people haven't done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got a real, real thing about, well, no one else has done that. No one else has. They would, there was like World Music Day or something, and they were the only band who were playing on the African continent. And they were playing yeah. in Johannesburg. And they're like, so it's World Music Day, and as a part of it, we're the only band playing in the whole of Africa? Yeah. <laughs> That's what? How is that? Po- um, you know, and the South bit as well, you know, not, you know, it was like, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like he, he said, he said, he said that show was really boring because it was like in a mall. And because it was in Johannesburg, it was just all middle class white kids. He's like, we could have been playing in California. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was no <laughs> diff- I could have done this and gone to my home. It, you know, it's sort of really sort of disappointing. It's like, I don't know. I was in a band called Laser Christ with, like two South African guys and one of those Great guys at that show. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And his buddy who he ha- who hangs around in South London as well. Um, yeah, game changing because no one ever goes to South Africa. 
Yeah. No. So, no, yeah, apparently it's get... no effects and Frank Turner. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. That's it. And, every, and everyone else is just sort of, uh, oh, well, well, maybe we'll just go and live somewhere else in the hope of seeing some bands. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. big community in London. I don't know, you know, probably everywhere else in the world. But um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they have their own scene. You know, they have their own bands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, in I mean, terms that's... of international touring, very difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose if, if no one's going there, you've got to sort of make your own scene. It was like um, a friend of mine, uh, one of my best friends, was in the original uh, lineup of uh, Ash before oh, wow. they were Ash. Yeah, when they were when they were kids, uh, went to school with them and stuff, and um, they said that because they were in, you know, they were just outside Belfast. No bands ever toured there because it was the sort of late seventies and you know and the eighties. Yeah, they the were troubles. like all too concerned, all the troubles. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when a band did play there, he's like he said, um, the Bon Jovi did their Slippery When Wet tour. They did they did Belfast, and there were guys there at Bon Jovi with Slayer t shirts on. Because yeah. it was the closest there was to live rock music, they're like, "This yeah. is the closest we're getting wow. to." Because Slayer aren't coming, so I'm just going to have to go and watch someone play a guitar solo loudly, and this will have to do. You yeah, know? But then you know, they, but then you know, the for somewhere that small to produce the amount of music that it has, not just Ash, but you know, Therapy and um, you know, uh, The Almighty and all sorts, all sorts of great bands, and then further back, Stiff Little Fingers and Undertones and stuff. Yeah. You know, if if no one else is doing it, you've got to you know, do it yourself. We come back to the uh, the crux of it all, DIY. I uh, oh yeah, like when I was a kid, there wasn't really many shows. Maybe there'd be like a show a month in our town. Mm-hmm. I'd go to the Blues mm-hmm. Jam every Sunday just to see people playing guitars. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, you you do whatever scratches the itch. You know. Yeah. I listened, you know, it was the same with everyone in my generation. If you sort of like the idea of guitars and stuff, you listen to Oasis because they were on the radio and are freely available. And then other stuff comes along and you go, oh, hello. Oh, that's doing yeah. the thing that I actually want. But, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, but so I've got to thank Oasis for, you know, keeping me keeping me alive as it, as it was being pulled through to the stuff that I really, really dig. So, you know, you know yeah. it is what it is. Amazing. Um, do you have a favourite No Effects lyric? Oh. I think this is the hard, one of the hardest questions that we ask because there's just so much to choose from. I like all the lyrics in monosyllabic, monosyllabic Girl. Mm. I just think that's such a funny song. <laughs> I, I just think it's a really cute, funny song. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is really adorable, isn't it? There's, there's, it's sort of, yeah, I really, really like that one too. Yeah, because I, I um, think like Fat Mike's and, like a really clever lyric writer. Absolutely, and yeah. I, I think I used to trip myself up writing lyrics because I thought everything had to be <clears throat> double meaning, super funny, <clears throat> really like witty and stuff. Things don't always have to be like that, mm. but with Fat Mike, they no. pretty much always are, and also always brutally honest as well. Mm. I think like, like when I've, it, cause when I, I haven't written music for a little, little while, but whenever I do, and whenever I did, 
I'd always be thinking like, what would Fat Mike be doing? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, so I've been taking like the, I'm going to take the song where that I think stands out because it's not particularly witty or clever or honest. It's just a really stupid song about a woman that can only say one syllable at a time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to make, I'm going to say that's my um, favorite. <laughs> that's great. It's a great choice. I also think that probably like all of these songs, it's about a real person, I would imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it is. I hope there's someone out there that's yeah. just, just say sky, grass, rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great, and I think it gets, um, I think it gets a little nod in um, uh, Biopsy Girl from single album. Yeah, I think there's a there's a there's a little lyrical nod um, about taking her somewhere. Um, uh, yeah, I think that there's a, there's a little echo in there, which happened a lot. I know there was. Um, the song is it on coaster she didn't lose her baby or is it on self-entitled I don't think that's on coaster what it's on self-entitled but yeah she didn't lose her baby which sort of shares a weird theme and sort of music sense with uh she's gone from um mm, yeah white trash yeah i don't know and it just sort of felt like they were sort of sister songs i don't i don't know why but um I, that, but uh, that that's is, fine because i love it, she's gone but like there's so much no effects content there now that it's really yeah. easy for Mike to reference himself, but like a 20 year old mm. yeah. past self, I guess the most obvious example would be, yeah. um, new, new lonium. What, it, what is it? Lenulium. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lenulium. Yeah. 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 Lenulium. That'd be the yeah, most absolutely. obvious example, but like you said, there's lots of little nods and stuff. A lot like at the beginning of, um, yeah. How about the Valium? Can you hear the similarities to Linoleum and Shadows of Defeat? <laughs> yeah. And is, that, is that... Yeah, yeah, wonder, yeah. Is, is he talking about Shadows of Defeat but, by Good Riddance, do you think? Or is Shadows of Defeat... It could like, well be, because yeah. I can't think... That's the opening track on Operation Phoenix. Oh, okay. But yeah, Maybe. Because yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not as familiar then. with that one, I got to say. But yeah, but and it even starts with the same uh, vocal warm up, the la 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 la, yeah. all that stuff. It's um, so they self referential from well, there was only two albums in between. There was Punk and Drublick, then there was um, Heavy Petting Zoo, so long, and then um, Pump Up the Valum. So yeah, <laughs> there was only sort of two albums in between those two, and they're already but sort of looking. Big... But there still must have been about eight eight years between them. Yeah, um, it would have been. I think it was two thousand one, Pump Up the Valium. So seven years, about but then. also, um, Punk and Drublick was the one where they blew up and they were like part of the California mm. punk explosion. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, yeah, Heavy Petting Zoo was the one that got kind of got panned. And then Solo Man's mm. Shoes was going to be the last album because Smelly had the bad heroin problem. Um, and then Pump Up the Valium was like, oh, 
I'm sorry, I thought he kicked the heroin just after White Trash, wasn't it? Yeah, well, they did. I mean, the idea that was that "So Long, Thanks for All the Shoes" was going to be the last album. Oh right, well, it does. It does have a sort of a farewell in the title. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, it's the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide um, reference. Yeah, yeah, but um, I'm not. Yeah, maybe I've got maybe I've got my timeline mixed up, or maybe yeah, but um, but yeah, it was meant to be the last album. Smelly got off the. He he recorded uh, White Trash, and the day after they finished recording, he went to rehab. They oh, didn't right. try and get him off it before recording because. So yeah, so he recorded that album whilst still addicted to heroin, which is um, astonishing. Really, when you listen yeah. to it. So, yeah, I guess but anyway, that's my that's my recollection. If if we if either of us, yeah, yeah. I mean, if. I mean, you know, we we what we're going to do is we're going to meet up in a car park um, somewhere <laughs> around, let's say Peterborough, and just wrestle, and then yeah. whoever wins has decided yeah. the the new history of NoFX. Yeah, so- <laughs> yeah, and then that sounds like a fair, and then the fair, timeline fair. will fold in on itself, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think if 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 either of us cares that much about the history of people we've never met. Then, <laughs> well, I just yeah, think absolutely. It's, I suppose he's uh, wrestling. Yeah, it's a fair, <laughs> it's a fair way to decide. I think it's oh, fair. It, yeah, it's not only fair; it's sensible, and that's what I like about the play. <laughs> I'm a fair guy. I'm, I can't say fairer than that. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sensible, so you know that's that's where it's coming from. Okay, good. All right. Well, right. so um, uh, <laughs> if you if you want tickets, email uh, punkrockeletepodcast at gmail dot com. <laughs> and we'll send you the uh, what three words uh, yeah. you can get there. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, good. <laughs> Amazing. Um, do you have a favorite memory of uh, that involves no effects? Um, yeah. Um, when I was about 17... Um, I went and saw the Bouncing Souls play at the LA2 in London and El Jefe mm. was behind the merch table for the Bouncing Souls. Um, <laughs> kind of like selling their gear. But yeah, that was it. They were, <laughs> every time you, you bought like a Bouncing Souls piece of merch, you get a free no effects t-shirt. Um, cool. Yeah, I just thought it was really nice. <laughs> And he was just like having a joke with us and stuff. Wow. And yeah, he was a pretty funny guy. Um, yeah, that was like so oh, long nice. ago, but that was like the first time I'd kind of met anyone of that kind of level, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was really nice. So was um, that, were, were no effects on tour as well, or was. Yeah, so it was the deconstruction what? tour, but it was, I think it was like. Oh. They did cool. like. Reading and Leeds. It might be in the Concrete Jungle stage at Reading and ah, Leeds. Ah, right. Um, and so they did like a small London one. Right, right. Without no effects. Oh, right. Yeah. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I guess like one of my favorite things about like memories about no effects, it's just like way back when, like seeing someone on the street with a no effects t-shirt, Sometimes that person who I just saw on the street with an OVX t-shirt, I'll go and talk to them. And sometimes they end up being my best friend. 
like yeah for ages yeah. you know and like there's people i see now that i was friends with for years they might have ended up being my housemate or my bandmate or whatever and we just met because we're wearing punk band t-shirts and yeah. more often than not it was a no effects t-shirt <laughs> so yeah it's just there were um, a lot of them around i remember the um the punkers one was the the, the snickers um yeah spoof one was i had the hoodie everywhere yeah couldn't go past the corn exchange in, oh nice nice couldn't go past the corn exchange in leeds without seeing at least three of them yeah yeah one <laughs> of them would always be on the floor as well because they tried to do a skateboard trick that was definitely beyond them but you know yeah <laughs> 10 out of 10 for trying yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's it it was it was like that yeah and they uh that great one which had just had the eye it was like the monster yeah monster yeah oh the monster that's right that's what it was from yeah um yeah that's uh that that is it yeah so, somehow you sort of always feel all right if you saw you'd be like okay well if anything if anything kicks off if a load of uh a load of kids in tracksuits come around then should be okay there's a sizable enough number for this um yeah <coughs> west side well, story skateboards as well so you could... to go off in your head yeah <laughs> You could usually scare people off with skateboards as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or make a hasty retreat. Yeah. We've got uh, got a question here. It's, um, what do you think is the best way to introduce a non-fan to no effects? I just, I wouldn't bother. It's like, <laughs> it's just something you just got to find on your own. You know? I love that answer. Ah, so it's your job to keep punk rock elite. I like yeah, it. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> I know it's they, a great answer. I love it. If they can't work it out, then you know, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. More for me, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I I don't like I don't like gigs to be too full. <laughs> I was just like, this is, everyone else has gone, hmm, yes, how do we spread the gospel? And you're very much like, no, let the sinners go to hell. Yeah. They don't need to hear the good word. <laughs> let them burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? That's absolutely fine. I uh, I, I, I admire it as well. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it sounds like if you were forced to, you'd definitely like sort of, you know, no, 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 no. You have to try and force someone to get into no effects. You go, right, well, I'm playing the thalidomide child just so that they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, like there's been there's been like times in my life where I've been described as uh, he listens to no effects, you know, or, <laughs> you know, there's. There's, um, you know, there's different like punk snobs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Mm. people like to, you like no effects might be an easy target or like, oh, I listen to like real punk, not Mm. that like pop punk, skate punk or, you know, and then it becomes like, oh, you know, old men, old rich men, you know, like, oh, didn't he like kick someone in the head or didn't Fat Mike do this or whatever, la, 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 la. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like for me, <laughs> I like I find myself. I think I like it helps me relate to no effects because like you know it's not about being cool or being popular or being like the smartest or the slickest or the most yeah. right on or whatever you know. It's just about 
Like, no yeah. offense is about four guys that are just doing what they want to do. Well, it, it's about, you know, like, it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, as long as you do own up to those mistakes and no effects mm. do nothing but own up to their mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, um, but, also, but yeah. also, like, Absolutely. if they didn't, I wouldn't care, you know. Fat Mike, when he kicked that kid in the <laughs> head, um, he had a bad back and he told everyone on stage like three times, I've got a bad back. Don't <laughs> fuck with me. Don't like put your arm around me. And this kid, he had his like arm um, around his neck yeah, and yeah. was trying to drag him down. I would have kicked him in there and I would have kicked him in the face. <laughs> Hard as well. Yeah. I would not have apologized. I would have not have invited him backstage. I would have gone round his round his house and kicked him in the face again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, it's um you put forward a very, very strong case for kicking that Australian kid again. But yeah. um, no, you're right. It but it is, yeah, he it I don't necessarily think he did. He didn't have to go to the extent that he uh, he did in in as, as far as apologising all the rest of it. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I mean, he mentions it in yeah. um in I don't like uh, I don't like me anymore. Where he said, yeah. did I drop kick someone's head? Um, yeah, he didn't drop kick someone's head, uh, but drop kick worked better for the rhyme scheme, I think. So um, yeah, <laughs> it sounds cooler. But you know, he's. Uh, and says, you know, well, you know, I've done shit that I don't really like. I'm not, if you're not a big fan of me, that's fine. I'm not that big a fan of me at the moment. But maybe, maybe he did drop kick someone's head, but he did it like in private. <laughs> maybe it's referencing something else. Oh, that one wasn't at a show. He just, yeah, maybe. just snuck out in the dead of night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This one is, uh, we might have already touched on it with stuff that we've spoken about already, but um, what do you think NoFX's legacy will will be or, or is? Well, this is the thing. Because it's just, it's not like there's like a, an overarching kind of thing, but it just seems to me like it's a document of four guys who like to party and rock and hang out. But I would say the legacy would be the community that, for me, one of the things that I really like about NerfX is that it's a conduit for community so mm-hmm. like their row crew they're like the other people that play with them um the other bands they've toured with but it feels like everyone's buddies i know like i know the snuff and guru patrol guys like just love those mm. guys yeah like they just they're yeah. just in there brilliant um Yeah, and I think, yeah, I guess, like, community and family and creating spaces where people can, you know, do cool shit. Yeah. I think that's, like, Fat Records, you know. Yeah. No effects, Fat Rec. Um, 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of many yeah. bands that I love that didn't sort of have something to do with no effects or fat records at some point. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, the legacy will be all the stuff that's come from it. And then, and that will continue to, yeah. to go. And that, yeah. And that DIY ethos, I think like so many people who are working now, um, at some point in their lives have looked to no effects or looked to fat Mike and gone. Okay. If you work hard or something and you do it in a, like a cool, fair way as best you can, I suppose, then mm. things, you know, could have longevity <clears throat> and you could end up living your life, doing something that you enjoy and that you care about. I think that's like a big, I think that's a, for me, I I feel like that it might not be like what's on like the obituaries when they die and stuff, or maybe it will be, but <laughs> I think like you can mm. see evidence yeah. of that around. Like if you're in the punk scene, you can see evidence of that around you. Yeah. Maybe that isn't attributed to family. Maybe it's someone That's else, great. you know, but, um, but mm. I guess everyone's got their sort of, their main people, but I, I really feel like Fat Mike and No Effects really embody that and project it outwards as well. But in a really down to earth way, like yeah. they're just guys, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great answer. It's uh, that's something, uh, an angle we've not, a perspective we've not had uh, on the show before, which I think is really, really cool. Um, also, you mentioned sort of talking about their crew and stuff. Like, I don't know the names of Bad Religions roadies, <laughs> but I know who Limo and Jay are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, I don't know whether they necessarily work with no effects anymore. But for the longest time, they did. You know, <laughs> all of these kind of things, and that's yeah, that's absolutely amazing. That that family aspect. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally right. It's just like, yeah, they do it all themselves. Like, so you just go around to Mike's and sing in the studio. I guess like Limo would have said, "Hi, I'm Limo." You know, in the studio with Mike, you know, at his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get that on and then, uh, you know, that's that's great. That's so, so cool. Well, we won't keep you for much longer, although it might depend on the answer to this next, uh, the next and final question. Uh, The final question. (laughs) The most important question. Ollie, who is your favourite member of No Effects? <laughs> yeah, probably Mike. I think Mike's like super cool. Is that our first Mike so far, Eddie? That's the first Mike. Mike is off. Mike is, uh, you know, he's uh, he's finally started the race. Yeah, absolutely. That's the first Mike we've had. It was just Melvin for so long. <laughs> Melvin's great. <laughs> yeah, Melvin. Melvin for the first few. Then it was. Um, then it was your own. Uh, your own soul brother, Paul, who uh, broke the Melvin streak. Uh, he chose Smelly. Yeah. Well, if you 
you know, if you check out Hepatitis Bathtub, yeah. I yeah, he was definitely oh, yeah. the he came out strong from that book. You know, like he was the he was the star of the book. But I mean, like with Mike, it goes back to the what I was talking about before about absolutely creating a space and facilitating and um I guess like you know I guess the the punk thing to do would be go like oh no he's a millionaire because he's made all this money la 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 but or he's a sellout or whatever but yeah it's not like he had a cool band and then a major were like Hey, if you make it sound like Soundgarden or whatever, or you know, then we'll give you a million dollars and la la la. Um, you know, he sweated. That's hard. You really want to get in on this grunge thing, guys? What can you do for us? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But you know, it's 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 hard work. Like, Hmm. and it's really cool. And it really helped people. It really helped me. Mm-hmm. I guess it really helped you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It really helped like yeah. so many people that I know. Absolutely, yeah. And I know pretty much everyone mm. I know through those, you know, all of that stuff. I'm just going to say Mike because of that. Fair. Absolutely. Hey, look, we say favorite. We don't say best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think like generally it's underestimated how – much um a positive influence decisions that fat mike has made has had on the people that i know and the community that i live in and um as i'm on a podcast about no effects i'm gonna say that right there i'm gonna say i'm gonna say just that you know please do cool, cool fucking guy fair i'd buy him a beer of course. <laughs> we knew that every member was going to get picked at some point, and uh, we, were just sort of, we were still fairly early doors on this show. We were sort of waiting to see uh, who was going to be, who, uh, you know, got there. So, but, yeah, um, all of those points you make are absolutely accurate, and, yeah, people are always going to have a go at someone who's made a huge amount of money. But if you can be a millionaire ethically... Certainly, his way is one way of, of potentially doing that. And also, you know, that money's getting spent on doing all sorts of stuff that, like you say, is very, very positive. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone's uh, touched on the punk voter thing. Um, you know, that was that was wild. A little I bit, remember, yeah. You know, I remember going on that march, mm. like, mm-hmm. to stop Iraq and stuff. And... Um, like for me, like so much mm. of that was like through those fat records compilations, the rock against Bush stuff. Um, yeah. It re- I mean, yeah. I was already like into like propaganda and good riddance, but like, and I was kind of like reading like some Chomsky stuff, but getting into like the kind of fat records, politicized, the sort of politicized fat records thing. It was super accessible, and I think a lot of people kind of, you know, it, it might be kind of simplified and stuff, and maybe people weren't, you know, going to the right lectures or, you know, uh, sitting in the <laughs> right, I don't know, uh, DRI space or whatever. But um, 
I think it was important. And I think yeah. what they're doing now with that sidewalk project in LA, um, you know, it's, it's oh, smaller yeah. scale and it's closer to home. But, you know, if you can like save lives by making this Narcan stuff um, available, you know, saving a life, saving one mm. life is a big thing. If they'd like save 30 lives on Skid Row or a hundred over a year or yeah. whatever, that's a hell of a big thing, you know? It's a life every three days. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, I think he's a cool guy. And, I, you know, you can't do that kind of stuff without some kind of power and influence. He got it in a cool way by making cool stuff happen for people, whether it's the bands or the fans. And um, now he's got it, he uses it in a cool way. Yeah. I also think getting high is cool. So <laughs> if he gets high with that money, I think that is also cool. But I also think um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. survive getting high is cool as well. Because if I get high, I want to like be alive at the end of it. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. What brilliant answers! Those are those are all going in the uh, the Hall of Fame as uh, as of now. Thank you ever so oh, much. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> where can where can our listeners find out about what you're doing next, please, Ollie? Um, if you just go on tillthewheels.com, all my stuff's there. Nice. Yeah. Till the wheels. T i double l. T h e. W H. Yeah. Double E L S dot com. I was just sorry. I didn't get stuck. I was just checking whether it was double L or yeah, single yeah. L. Um, yeah, double L. I'm I'm slightly more literate than that, but not <laughs> not a massive amount. But yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> so thank you ever so much. Uh, so tillthewheels.com, you can find out all of uh, Ollie's goings on. Uh, Thank you, Ollie Ward. You are absolutely one of the punk rock elite. Thank you so much for joining us. Cheers. Nice one, guys. Thanks so much. We told you he was forthright. That was Ollie Ward. I'm just really happy that he found his hash. That was the uh, the emotional linchpin of the episode. <laughs> Because we, 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 I'm going to have to go back and listen to it because I, I, I'm going to listen to everything up until he finds his hash and see if I can hear his voice cracking a bit, you know, the, <laughs> the sorrow as he puts on a big, brave boy face. <laughs> but no, what a, what a great chat. And it's lovely, again, to talk to another person who's involved in like the DIY side, the grassroots side. Um, you know, what a brilliant man who works so yeah. hard for the sake of punk rock. Absolutely, yes. Um, and the the fact that he's willing to, you know, spend so much time chatting with us about it, it's uh, 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 yeah, really, really enjoyed that. I hope uh, I hope you all got a kick out of it. What was your favourite bit? Let us know at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail dot com, um, or just uh, under one of our. Um, Instagram post just write the word hash if your favorite bit was when he found his hash um is would a hashtag hash be too twee I don't know is that I think hashtag hash would be fun yeah interesting we'd get a lot of people expecting a much more of a sort of a 420 style podcast from us 
if uh, <laughs> that was one of our key hashtags. Um, but, you know, hey, they, they might like no effects. I remember there was a, in Kerrang, there was a, a review of Cypress Hill's Smokeout. Mm-hmm. Yep. They had a festival and no effects were the only non-hip-hop band to be on. <laughs> That's interesting because I mean they're not necessarily like um like they're not a very pot smoky band. I mean like I know like Mike's not a pot smoker. No, he um, doesn't like it, but Hefe and Melvin both used to be uh yeah. Waken Bakers and um smelly sober since 92 or what have you. But uh, if you are here because of uh, hashtag #hash, welcome. Um <laughs> <laughs> sure why not um but yeah what a we uh yeah again we're doing the grassroots thing if you have a grassroots venue you know of one you want shouting out tell us about it at the email or wherever and uh, we'll try and do this if you want to make a scene not like you know cause a fuss in a restaurant but you know if you want to <laughs> help build a punk rock, darling you're making a scene if you want to make a, a punk rock scene um let us know where you are if there's other people who listen over there we maybe we can do some uh you know matchmaking i think at the end of the day you know like punk rock is just all about doing it yourself so you know if you've got some friends you know some bands you know put together a show put something on see where it takes you i think that's what no effects did and i think it got out of hand it got very very out of hand and now we are compelled to talk about it (laughs) at least once a week (laughs) so uh, we'll continue to do that because uh, we're enjoying it hugely and uh, we will see you next time on punk rock elite a podcast about no effects thanks red thank you Thank you for listening to Punk Rock Elite. It was a pick scraped and fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.